Well, good afternoon. I see a couple of people have already started on the exam. Two or three have already completed. Remember that that exam is open through tomorrow evening. Uh, today's opening photo for lab is a history lesson. It's more of a question. Can anyone identify where this building or parts of this building are still in existence? Isn't this by Rotunda or no? It's, it's not very far from Rotunda, that's true. Isn't it by Morrill Hall? That is also correct. So you're narrowing it down. The um, left portion of the picture, the three-story portion is Solberg and it's still there. The one-story portion with the uh, gray roof on it was the annex. It's where the shops were where you could take welding class or machining or all sorts of other engineering type courses. If you uh, put your imagination on, that lower one story portion was torn down late in 2013. And that is where uh, architecture, math and engineering sits now. Probably what partially throws you is the fact there's a road there. And now that's a series of sidewalks. There used to be a road past Solberg all the way into the front of what is now Morrill Hall. And all of that went away. So campus has changed a lot, even in recent time. Solberg is still the oldest academic building remaining on campus. That west portion or that left-hand side portion was built in 1903. Uh, no, excuse me, 1901. 1903 would be Old Hort where uh, the computer services folks are housed behind Morrill Hall. So, um, what we are up to today, well, many of us are here. <clears throat> 12 out of 16 isn't perfect. It's gonna to lead to some interesting discussion groups, but you'll sort it all out. Um, we are going to talk today about security. And so, The, the handout for today is entitled The Security Discussion. And I'm gonna go through a few highlights on each of these three scenarios and then let you break out into your four groups and figure out how you're going to handle this security question. In the end, what we are going to try and do is attempt to identify 
areas where there are clear security risks in each of the percent the scenarios that are presented and then once we've identified what we believe to be risks develop and write a plan of action to minimize those risks and see if there's some other things that perhaps we could institute to make the locations in these scenarios more secure in their ability to process foods without potential um, bioterrorism or individuals breaking in, contaminating product, all sorts of things. Um, this first scenario uh, is a grade A process facility in a near the center of a decaying urban neighborhood. Okay, this facility bottles milk, makes some sour cream and also freezes some ice cream. It's uh, surrounded in part by a seven foot tall chain link fence with a triple strand barbed wire leaning out. Do you think it's gonna make any difference whether that barbed wire leans out or leans in? If you were going to try and scale that fence to get into the facility, would it be easier to go up the fence and then over the barbed wire by laying something across it or whatever it was, if the barbed wire angled to the inside or if the barbed wire angled to the outside? It would be if it angled to the inside, it'd be easier, right? It's a lot easier to go over if it angles to the inside, you can get to the top lay a rug, a coat, something over it. And as long as you don't have to try and back away from the fence to clear it, you can go over. So it's important to think physically, what is that fence maybe looking like? The height of the fence is also gonna become important, something for you to consider. There's a security guard at this facility that allows the employees in the gate into the parking area. You can't, you don't even possess a pass card to operate the gate. The employees don't know the key code to operate the gate. They must present their identification to the security guard to be allowed in the gate to even enter the confines of the facility. <clears throat> this security guard does have uh, silent alarm access to the local law enforcement. Because of the age of the facility, it used to be more to the outskirts of the town, but the, the city's grown up around it. The space for extra trailers is six blocks away, unfenced. They're just out in a parking lot. That may become an issue. Um, because we now are in a municipality, in order to get our full-size uh, milk tankers in, we bring those in in the middle of the night between 9 p.m. and 4 a.m. <clears throat> Single tanker bay, back down inside the fence, any other tanker that arrives has to stage on a side street a couple of blocks away. Truck wash is a couple of miles from the facility. There are minimal uh, 
numbers of individuals around the facility across the 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 night between one and five a.m. Primarily, employees are there between five and then through till one a.m. on two ten-hour shifts. <clears throat> so. What we're gonna to have to do, uh, it tells us a little bit more. Uh, employees have uniform issued uh, blue cargo pants and white long sleeve snap closer shirts. Uh, shirts do have company name and logo on them. There is no provision for backup power generation. Um, the connection to the utility grid is overhead coming in from a substation over a mile away from the facility. Loading docks are out in the open air. Uh, everything runs out on a, on a floor chain and then must be wheeled into whatever the delivery vehicles are by two wheel cart. Um, there are no cameras within the cooler or the dock areas. There is a camera on the parking lot and out in the raw receiving. So there, there may or may not be a fair number of holes in that scenario. Um, this is modeled after two facilities I've been to, one in Detroit and one in Dallas. And in both cases, I would not feel very safe leaving the facility by myself if it was dark. They're not in very nice neighborhoods anymore, but where they started was okay. And the rent is really extremely fair for a, a large metro area. So they stay there. <clears throat> Our second area, uh, scenario, pick any small town you want in Minnesota. You can probably find a whole lot of them that have a, uh, population of about 450 to 500. This facility has no fencing. They leave the shop door open virtually all the time unless the temperature drops below 15 degrees. Drivers pull up their truck, leave them idling, walk the two blocks to the plant, have coffee. They just walk in. There is uh, you know, very little stopping anyone from approaching this facility. Everyone wears the same uniform. Each maintenance personnel has their own tools and they use them wherever needed within the facility. There are some internal partitions, but none of the doors between areas are locked and everyone gets to keep their phone on them instead of using company issued communication there might be some possible issues in this one. And our third scenario, we've got a somewhat larger facility running two 12 hour shifts, shifts changing at 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Uh, each individual employee has their own magnetic swipe card that allows them into the main entrance and to the changing area and only into their portion of the operation where they're permitted. They cannot move from one operational area to another unless they're with some supervisory escort. 
who has a code to get through that set of doors. Uh, operational areas are differentiated by color coding of uniforms, hairnets, bump caps. Maintenance has separate tooling in all operational areas. <coughs> Sites enclosed with a, a fence. Uh, employees use their swipe card to gain access to the parking area, then also to the front door. There are several lights on the parking area, also surveillance cameras on the outer corners and on the building. There are several planters around and near the front door. The trucks can stage off the four lane highway, but only one at a time get past the guardhouse to approach the actual facility. They're monitored by cameras at the guardhouse and off the street. The road from the guardhouse to the facility is serpentine. In other words, it's got a lot of curves in it. And there are three foot high concrete filled six, six inch steel pipes to slow the speed of any vehicle approaching the, the building. All bay doors are only operable from the inside. Um, all trucks exit opposite end of the property. So there's no, there's no situation where there's two-way traffic. There are cameras on both ends of the building. There's one-way spikes, so no one can come in the exit. Facility has backup generation. Two of them, each large enough to handle 80% of the capacity of the facility opposite sides of the building, each with a five-day run capacity. So each of those scenarios is quite different than the other. Your challenge is to look at what is good about any of those situations and then what you'd like to see changed and then how you might change it. So what I'd like you to do is to split up into your four groups and um, probably best if you can establish um, your own breakout Zoom location or video chat or whatever it is that you need to do. And in each of your groups, discuss those scenarios, try and come up with what you think the weak points are, what the strong points are in the existing security, and see if you can <clears throat> come up with a, a plan that would strengthen that security situation. Now, one thing I will point out that, that is not mentioned anywhere is related to internal security, document security, uh, record keeping, any of those types of things. And you should also consider that as part of your security discussion. Any questions about what you're trying to accomplish to look at a facility, what it has in place and how you might improve upon what you perceive to be its weak points.
no specific questions, then who will set up the uh, the group chat or, or Zoom room for group one? Group one is Christina, Joseph, Lydia, or Whitney. Anyone volunteering there? Howard, if you give me permission as like a co-host, I can just create breakout rooms on here that we can all break out into, and then you can jump between if we have questions. Well, then I can do that if I can remember how to give you permission. Okay, you are able to share screens now. Can I find the permission as a host? Okay, so Ashley should have co-host permission to make breakout rooms. So we need a breakout room for Christina, Joseph, Lydia, and Whitney. Laura, Ashley, John, and Kyle. Ethan, Josephine, Liz, and Sijin. And Sophia, Brennan, Sydney, and Tice. Okay, I may have misspoke. I might have to create one in order to do that. Okay, well, <laughs> whatever we need to try and do. Um, if you if you want to, uh, you know, just leave this main meeting open and send me questions. Fine. Otherwise separate out to your own meetings or however we can do this so that you can have some discussion about those three scenarios and then someone write them up for credit. So Sydney's volunteering to make up a, a breakout space for her group. 
according to the chat. So we've got two groups with a Christina's got group three. So Christina, Ashley, Sydney. So who is going to work for group three? Just put your name in there. I'll help you get it set up. Okay. So would you like me to just leave this meeting open so you can send me questions or what do you want me to do? Um, since we have like until next week to turn it in, I feel like we can just email you any specific questions we have. That sounds fine to me. Does that work for everyone else? Okay, then I'm going to let you work through and send me any questions you have and work, uh, you know, try and figure out how to, to make these places secure. And also remember the exam is open until tomorrow evening. And good luck on both of those things. So that's basically what we have for this for the afternoon. <laughs>